Hi, everybody, and welcome to Take a Knee. I'm Pastor David. Gather around, kiddos. It's time for a spooky story. It all began one afternoon when I was home by myself. My wife was not home yet. The kids were all out doing something. And I was sitting, it was a dark afternoon, and I was waiting. And then the telephone rang. As I picked up the phone, I heard somebody breathing deeply. I'll be there soon. Totally freaked me out, of course, as I listened to the person on the phone. I slammed it down thinking, what a weirdo, man. Why would somebody call and say that? Somebody's playing a prank on me or something. So I did a few other things around the house and the phone rang again. I thought, what on earth? Picked it up, thought it might have been my wife, but it was that voice again. I'll be there soon. Again, I hung up the phone and I was like, what on earth? Now I started to get a little nervous. I thought, man, here I am all by myself. And why would somebody be calling me to tell me in such a creepy way that they were going to be getting there soon? The phone rang again. And I picked it up. Same thing. I'll be there soon. I hung up the phone again and I was going to call the police and sure enough, I called the police and I said, I, I don't know what's going on here, but somebody's threatening me on the phone. They keep calling me, telling me they're, they're coming to get me. The police said, we'll be there as soon as we can, sir. Just relax. I hung up the phone, but sure enough, the moment I hung it up, that phone rang again. And I thought, I'm not picking it up. And it rang and it rang and it rang. I looked outside and I didn't see anything, but it was getting darker. I locked the doors and I went and did everything I could to protect myself. I went back into my room and I hid in the closet. I thought, I've got to be safe. I don't know who this is, what they're planning to do, but I'm not going to let them know. I'm even home until the police came. Phone started ringing again and it rang and rang and rang. And then I heard the door. The door was shaking and rattling. And then it opened, the door banged. I heard somebody walking through the house and then finally creeping slowly came into the bedroom. They were going from bedroom to bedroom looking for me. And I just started praying and I said, Lord, please protect me. And then the door handle began to open and, and it opened and there was my wife. And she looked at me and said, what are you doing in there? I said, somebody's coming to get me. Somebody's coming to get us, honey. I've called the police. And she goes, what on earth are you even talking about? She said, come out here. I've got some pizza. We got to pay the man. As we went to the front, there sat a man. He looked disheveled and sweaty. And he looked at me and he said, I told you I was going to be there soon. My car broke down and I was running, trying to let you know I was still on the way. Well, that wasn't such a spooky story, but it's kind of funny, wasn't it? You know, when we think about fear and this time of the year, people like to talk about Halloween and all the scary things that are going on, I thought it would begin with something like that. But you know, fear is very real stuff, isn't it? And sometimes it bothers me to think that this time of the year, we like to celebrate fear. We like to celebrate darkness and whatnot. And of course, I could teach on that. I'm not a real fan of Halloween. We, of course, have never celebrated that as a family, certainly not as any kind of a day to be recognized. Some people say it's a high day for satanic practice and and it probably is. Well, let's get back to the topic. When we think about fears and what people struggle with fear, I find it kind of amazing. 
And if you look up on Wikipedia, you're going to see a list. You can just type it in. Go to Wikipedia and just type in a list of phobias. And I'm just going to read some. It is amazing because there's literally categorized alphabetically, and there's literally dozens of them. There might even be hundreds. But I want to read just a few of them, just kind of, I'm not making fun of these fears, but I just thought it was interesting that their fear is literally a fear for everything. When we think of Charlie Brown, when Lucy finally discovered what his real problem was, that he had pantophobia, fear of everything. Let's look at some of these. There's acluophobia. That's the fear of darkness. Acousticophobia, the fear of noise. That makes sense. Then there's acrophobia, the fear of heights. Aerophobia, a fear of flying in an airplane. Agoraphobia, a fear of open places. How about this one? A gyrophobia, a fear of crossing streets. I can see that one. Uh, let's look at a few of these others. There's electorophobia. You, know, you ready for this? Electorophobia means you're afraid of chickens. Mm-hmm. And then there's anatidiphobia, fear of ducks. I didn't know that was a literal thing that you could have, but there are some people that are afraid of ducks. Then there's algophobia, fear of pain. Now, I understand that one. Ancrophobia, fear of wind or drafts. Man, I don't think you could go outside if that was something you struggled with. How about aquaphobia? The fear of water. Now, that's a little different than hydrophobia. That's people who are afraid of the properties of water. And you know this one, arachnophobia. They got a movie about that, right? Fear of spiders. Astrophobia, fear of lightning and thunder. Autophobia, the fear of isolation. Then we can get into the bees and bacteriophobia. I think you know that. Carcinophobia, fear of cancer. Catrophobia, fear of mirrors. Hmm. Claustrophobia, yeah. Fear of tight places, fear of not being able to get away. I think we all know about that one. Uh-oh. How about cyanophobia? What do you suppose that one is? Fear of dogs. And they go on and on. So when we think about fears, they are real. And they're things that really have affected people in amazing ways. I got one last one that's kind of funny. It's called lupus lipophobia. Me and my friend used to laugh and laugh over this one. It's not real. It's made up. Lupus lipophobia. It's the fear of being chased by timber wolves while wearing socks around a slippery floor. Lupus lipophobia. Let me remind us about Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says this, Be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, this is a great verse. Let's break it down here just for a moment. He says, don't be anxious about anything. This is Paul in the book of Philippians. And the Holy Spirit is encouraging us and reminding us that we should not be fearful or anxious about anything. Now, anxiety is really different, I would say, than phobias. Anxiety might be just how fear has got into us, and it just has that residual ache. If we were to think of it as a 
as a pain or as a wound. Anxiety is just that ongoing ache about thinking about something. It might not be that I'm all that fearful of it, but it's, it's affecting my life and I can't get it out of my mind. I'm anxious. He says, don't be anxious about anything. Now, isn't that a challenge? When you think about all it is that God has done for us and all that God wants to do for us, we think about this thought about how many things that we can be anxious about, especially when we think of all the different fears and all the phobias and all the things that are going on in the world today. How about fear of viruses? I'm sure there's something for that, virus or phobia. Maybe I just made up a new one. But the reality is, folks, the fear can paralyze. And here is Paul telling us, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, every place where we are fearful of death, fearful of being injured, fearful of ducks, fearful of the wind, fearful of whatever it is that is attacking us in our mind, is in every situation, through prayer and petition, what do we do with it? Well, we take it to God. Immediately go to the Lord and say, Lord, please help me not be anxious. Let me put my trust and hope in you, and I'll come to that in a second. He goes, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. How many times do we let fear just tear away at our peace without asking God to come and to give us peace that passes all understanding or transcend? Because he goes on the next verse. And he goes, what the reward of asking God and bringing this request to God regarding what we fear, the reward is in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, you can't figure it out. You don't know where the peace came from. And boy, I love that part. And what he's saying is you're going to have peace even though maybe your circumstances have not quite changed yet. But you're peaceful, waiting. Folks, most of the time, if not, I mean, nearly all the time, what we're afraid of is something that hasn't even happened yet. And that's the real rub when it comes to the robbing of our peace. I call it shadow boxing. In other words, we're fighting and boxing something that is not even real or hasn't happened yet. You know, when it comes to life coaching, I kind of see myself as being a life coach, even though I've never been trained officially in that field. It's literally what I've been doing for the last 40 years of my life. But when I think of life coaching, I'm thinking, you know, one of the principles is when we think of an activity that we have to do, and I know you're with me on this, that you're in a situation where you have something you got to do or that you don't know how it's going to go. Maybe you're a little fearful about the next meeting you have with your boss or when you're going to go to the doctor and what he's going to tell you, or you got some tests that are upcoming and you're going to hear the outcome of those tests, maybe some blood work whatever it might be. But what we learn is that we waste so much energy on the anxiety on something that we don't know or haven't heard or hasn't even happened yet. And the thing of it is, as we what we need to learn is to just wait. And, and for Christians to take this verse and to give it to God, to pray and say, Lord, I just want to give you this event. I want you to give you this outcome. Lord, I trust you. I believe that what, everything works for good. And boy, you know, things in my life right now are certainly in that case. I've got things going on in my body where I just have to simply trust God. There are worst case scenarios. And then, of course, there's miracles. And sometimes we're somewhere in between. But in the peace of God is going to transcend all understanding. He's going to guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, man, that's the best part. 
So he's going to give us a peace that goes beyond our ability to figure it out. And then he's going to put a guard around our heart to not let that anxiety steal our peace and go against our faith. Because folks, once we struggle with anxiety, we're literally taken off the front lines. We're taken out of the fight. Satan doesn't have to worry about us anymore. He can't mess with your salvation. He can't do that. But he can certainly put us in a place where we're no longer an offensive weapon in God's hands. Because we're dug in. We're back in a foxhole. We're not advancing. The bullets are whizzing above our head and we can't move. We're frozen in fear, paralyzed. And God wants us to get past that. And we can if we give these fears to God, these anxieties, these phobias. You might just say, well, Pastor David, you're getting into psychiatric type things. I might be. But the truth of the matter is God is a master of our mind. He created our brain. Is the creator of the eye unable to see, the ear unable to hear, as the scripture says. And how about the brain? He created our mind. Does he not know how it works? Does he not know how we can find peace? Of course. He addresses it over and over again. Jesus shows up on the scene. He says, peace be with you. An angel shows up and says, peace be with you. Why do they say that? Because they confront fear in us. They see it. They see it in us, and it's upon us. Fear was something we were never created to walk in, which is why we have so many phobias, which is why fear is a major part of our human existence. But it never was meant to be. And so we can have joy and peace in the midst of difficult circumstances because the world, it really isn't changing, is it? Every October 31st, everybody wants to celebrate fear, which I guess on one hand is like, well, let's make fun of it. Let's watch a scary movie and I'll walk away saying, see, there wasn't, it's just a movie. Let's just talk. The smoke, the skeletons, the ghosts, the witches, the steaming brew, the potions, the you know all the darkness stuff that happens this time of the year. We make fun of it, we laugh, but yeah, but then there's that nervous little laugh because we really do know that there are other things that are more fearful than a witch or a person wearing a costume or a fire that's burning. There are many other fears that are real. And those are the things that God wants us to take to the Lord. Because again, fear paralyzes. Fear shuts us down. Fear opens the door to the lies and the what ifs. Mm. We need to really think about that. Because there are a lot of lies. The enemy throws them at us like fiery darts. And they just keep coming. But faith and trust are able to quench those fiery darts. And we begin to know that they're just lies. And Man, oh man, do you not want to live in the world of the what-ifs? That is an absolute waste of human time and energy. We should never think about what could happen. We need to think in terms of what God can do and take those things to the Lord. We can pray and say, Lord, let this be the outcome. This is what I want to see. I want to bring my petition before you. What's a petition? It is a list of what you want to see. It is what you're asking God to do. So don't just say, God, please take this fear away from me. No, say, God, please bring me peace and please do this in my life. Please take care of that issue. Please heal me. Please heal my family. Please provide this particular thing that I need, whether it be financially or an answer to prayer, a different a change of circumstances. See, folks, here's the deal as I finish today's message is that when we fear, we are not trusting God. 
We're trusting something else. And idolatry is what it is. Idolatry is fear. You need to follow me on this because I have, <laughs> I have debated and I have argued with other people regarding this and I know I'm right because idolatry comes from fear. Think about it. What did the pagans do when they sacrificed their children? When they burned something on the altar unto some demonic being or some god with a little g? The whole concept of sacrifice, apart from Jesus, of course, was all based on fear. It was trying to appease some dark demon or God or spirit to give them good crops and good luck and to appease these demons, which, of course, whereas all Halloween is really about, by the way, and to appease these dark forces so that they would leave you alone. And that's what that is all about. And again, its core is fear. And if we get into the business of allowing fear to have its work in us, ultimately we're not trusting God. And when we are not trusting God, we're trusting in something else. Fear is the absence of trusting God and the presence of trusting in the what ifs. And my friends, darkness is out there in the what ifs. Again, it's idolatry. And idolatry is a sin. And idolatry will enslave us. We get into this habit, this pattern of appeasing whatever is bothering us by allowing anxiety to have us. And we're hoping that fear is going to change something. We may never say that, but we think that's the answer, but it isn't. And of course, it robs us of so many things. Matter of fact, it can physically affect us. Anxiety can even cause disease, fear. The phobias can ruin our stomach, can ruin our mind. And so trusting God. So I love Psalm 23, and I want to finish with that today because, man, what an awesome answer to the idea that God can do these wonderful things in us if we'll just let him. David was confident in the Lord's protection. Look, look what he says here in Psalm 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the Lord's house forever. Psalm 23 is so awesome. If you'll take a moment to just break it down, I won't do it today, but I want you to read it when you think of fear and the scary times of our life. Notice that David is in full confidence of the Lord shepherding him, carrying him to peaceful places, refreshing his soul. And even though he walks through very dark times, he's never going to fear evil because he knows God's with him. And he says, I'm going to prepare a table, a place of sufficiency and blessing. And he says he's going to do these things to bring him peace. He's going to provide him with anointing. And he's going to remind him with this thing that regardless of what happens in this world, death is not the end. 
He says, I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that is the ultimate peace. So folks, as you listen to this message today, and when you think about the darkness, and you think about the scary things of this world, know that you can put your hope in God. Why so downcast? Why so afraid, my soul? Put your hope in God. My friend, thanks for joining me here today on Take a Knee. And I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you again soon.